1: Hello you spooktacular people. Welcome to this 50th episode of the History Goes Bump podcast. Ghost
0: tours for the theater of the mind.
1: I am your host Diane. And this is Denise. Big Five O, Denise. I know, that is amazing. Who would have thought? Very, very cool. We've enjoyed bringing you the last 50 episodes, plus a few bonus shows along the way. I don't think I counted any of our road trips in that, so we've got quite a few uh, shows that we've put out there.
0: Absolutely, and it was fun taking our crew on the road with us.
1: Indeed it was, and unfortunately, our wonderful little car that took us all the way through that nice little road trip Is no
0: longer with us. No
1: longer with us. Said Denise, thankfully, is still part of the land of the living. But yesterday, she got rear-ended by one of the largest pickup trucks I think you can put on the street. It was this big Ram 1500 King cab. And we just had a little Hyundai Tucson SUV. (laughs) And, uh, well, let's just say it got the better of the little SUV. And so it totaled yesterday. But thankfully, Denise is doing okay. She's just got a little bang here and there. and nice little, what what are we calling that? A seatbelt burn on your chest? I guess so. A little
0: seatbelt, I don't know, rug burn thing (laughs) where the seatbelt hit me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so thankfully she's doing okay. And I told her that I think there were some angels bracing because I really, for the amount of damage that was on the car, it should have been a lot worse. So I will be somebody who will tell you that a Hyundai Tucson is a very well-built car. It took the impact pretty well. Uh, Yes, it did. Well, on today's show, Denise, we've got another one of our fabulous urban legends and this one is about the devil's footprints now why do you think it was called the devil's footprints
0: because the devil made footprints
1: that's very clever i just kind of looked at the title and indeed (laughs) that is what happened we're going to tell everybody the history behind the legend of the devil's footprints and we'll leave it up to you to decide did it really happen and is it still happening in different places In the world today. Hmm. But before we do that, we want to make sure that you guys check out historyghostbump.com. That's our website where you can find out everything you want to know about the show, where to find us. If you want to listen to us in various podcast catchers where you can find us on social media, you can sign up for our newsletter there. You can also donate to the show, listen to our archives, listen to the last 10 episodes, which are up on the homepage. And you can also check out our emporium there. And Denise, if they want to get a hold of us. Contact the show for any reason. How do they do that?
0: They are going to do that at historygoesbump at
1: gmail.com. Fabulous. Why don't we find out about those mysterious footprints? That sounds like a good idea, Diane. like to support the show please visit our patreon page at patreon.com forward slash history goes bump or perhaps you just want to make a one-time donation click the donate button on our website at historygoesbump.com
0: Can islands just disappear? There has been a debate for some time over a rough sandbar near Kent. The sandbar was named the Goodwin Sands after a man who reportedly had a home built on the sandbar when it was an actual island sometime around 1053 AD. The debate arises around whether there was an island named Lomea here and even those who agree that Lomea existed maintain that it could not have been around after 5000 BC. The Goodwin Sands caused the sinking of hundreds of ships which has led to stories of ghost ships like the Lady Lovibond, the S.S. Montrose, and the H.M.S. Shrewsbury appearing in the area. While it seems almost impossible that the treacherous Goodwin Sands could possibly have been an island at one time, historical records and Mr. Goodwin's home seem to dispute that belief. The Romans came to the Kent Shores looking to conquer more areas And they wrote about a low island off of kent in 43 bc when it was decided that a lighthouse needed to be built near the goodwin sands to protect ships drilling was done and it was found that below the sandbar of the goodwin sands was blue clay there was a chalk base beneath that as well which indicated to geologists that something more substantial had been here it had always been conventional belief that a chalk sand bridge once connected great britain and france the scientists say that this land bridge was washed away by the ocean before 5000 BC. So scientists claim that there was never an island named Lomea here. Didn't Lumea actually exist? Are there such things as vanishing islands? Are vanishing islands just figments of the imagination? We'll leave the debate up to the geologist and the other scientists, but the whole idea of vanishing islands certainly is odd. The lights. The party's just getting started.
1: This Day in History On this day, June 14th in 1777, the Grand Union flag is replaced with America's beloved stars and stripes. The Grand Union flag was the first flag designed and used by the colonists. The flag had several names, ranging from the Congress Colors, to the Cambridge Flat, to the First Navy Ensign. The flag had the infamous 13 stripes, representing the 13 colonies, that would carry over into the new Stars and Stripes design, and those 13 stripes are still present on our modern-day flags. In the left upper corner field, the Grand Union had the Union Jack that is the flag of Great Britain. This signified that the colonies were British-owned. When America pushed for independence, it only made sense to remove the Union Jack part of the flag. It was replaced with a blue field and a circle of 13 white stars, which represented the 13 colonies again. As the years went by and new states entered the Union, a new star was placed in the blue field until we had the 50 stars that are on our flags today. The Stars and Stripes made its first appearance at the beginning of the Revolutionary War on the ships of the Colonial Fleet on the Delaware River. The Stars and Stripes was considered the unofficial flag of America until the Continental Congress made it official on June 14, 1777. We love covering urban legends, and we have another one for this episode. Urban legends can be as recent as the Charlie Charlie game that went viral on the internet a couple of weeks ago, or they can reach back into the past. The legend surrounding the Devil's Footprints dates back to 1855. The Devil's Footprints is an unexplained mystery that is one of the strangest stories we have ever heard. The only theory that has really survived the test of time? is that the devil paid a visit to Devon, England and made his way bouncing around roofs and yards and such. After hearing the details, perhaps you will come up with your own theory. Was it the devil? Did aliens pay a visit? Could this be the tracks of a ghost? And Denise, have you heard about that Charlie Charlie game? That one I have not heard about. This one I hadn't heard about either, but it went viral a couple weeks ago. Apparently, Charlie is supposed to be a Mexican demon. Go figure. Wouldn't you think his name would be Carlos? Carlos or Juan or something different, yes. (laughs) I guess what they do is, you know those hexagonal pencils that we used to have in school? Do they even make those anymore? Like the f- number kind two of pencils? One.
0: Oh, the number two ones?
1: Yeah. yeah, I think they make those. Yeah, and so they're they're like shaped like a hexagon, so they're, they have the sides on them. It's right. not just a round pencil. Well, anyway, you're supposed to lay out this square piece of paper, and then you write, you have like a, a cross in the middle of it, and then in each of the corners of the paper you have like, yes, no, maybe, it's like a magic eight ball kind of thing. And then you stack the pencils in such a way that they're like one pencil stacked on the other, and then you're supposed to say, you know, Charlie, Charlie, can you come and play or something like that? And then you ask him a question, and then the pencil's supposed to move around to whatever the answer is. But of course, a lot of people have said, well, there's this thing called gravity. And when you put those two pencils together in that way, gravity tends to pull the pencil in a certain direction. But I guess there's a bunch of videos all over the internet with people trying this and scaring themselves silly and screaming and running from the room because, you know, a pencil happens to fall over or something.
0: And of course, Denise would say don't tempt the spirits bingo (laughs) the county of Devon in England is known for shores that are both sandy and cliffs a mild climate agriculture and tourism as is the case with all places there are some dark spots in Devon's history the prayer book rebellion occurred in 1549 this was yet another European religious war that erupted after the Book of Common Prayer that featured the theology of the English Reformation was published. The book was seen as an attack on the Catholic Church, and an angry uprising ensued. German and Italian mercenaries were sent to calm the revolt. Several battles were fought, and in one incident, named the Clist Heath Massacre, 900 men were bound, gagged, and had their throats slit in the space of 10 minutes. The rebellion resulted in the death of 5,500 people.
1: Denise, this reminds me, I should have said this at the top of the show. I did co-host with Dan Foytik over on his show, Ninth Story Podcast. You guys can check it out at ninthstory.com. And I believe it's show number 316. And we talked about the dark side of nursery rhymes. We had a great time with it. A lot of fun. And in it, we discussed how there were these constant uprisings over in Europe where Catholics and Protestants were killing each other. And we're like, they all worship the same God. Why are they slaughtering each other? And, you know, you just can't figure out why they kept doing this. The other cool thing that I want to point out while we're talking about the show that I did with Dan. Some of you may remember on a previous podcast, I had mentioned that while Dan and I were taping it, that we heard the tinkling of a music box. So when I was listening to the playback now that the show is up and it's been edited and everything, there is no music box sound in there, Denise, anywhere. But you can tell that Dan and I are talking about it and he even cuts himself off mid sentence because we hear it again. So what's really bizarre about this is I pulled the audio into my editing software to see if I could see at least for people who are aware and have used editing software, you know, the sound waves make these... Lines that go up and down, and they're real tight if you have the, you know, everything tightened up. So I was going to see is there any indication of a sound wave in there? And there's nothing. It's completely blank in the places where neither one of us are talking. So what makes this so bizarre is not only did the software not pick it up, Dan's recording what he's doing, but we both heard it in our headphones, and we were in two different states. So how that happened, I don't know. But we both swear we heard it. We heard it twice. And when you listen to the end of the show, you can hear us talking about it, but you don't hear any sound. It's, it's weird.
0: That's very weird. That certainly is, is odd. odd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Another dark spot in Devon's history occurred on February 9th, 1855. The people of Devon went to bed on February 8th and awoke to a surprising phenomenon. A heavy snow had fallen while they slept across the entire county. In the snow were hundreds of hoof-like tracks that seemed to belong to only one two-legged upright creature. The footprints were in single-file trails that stretched up to a hundred miles. They extended from Exmouth to Topsham. The trail crossed the River X to Dawlish and Tynemouth. Some reports had the footprints going as far south as Totnes and Torquay. Even stranger than the distance covered is what the cloven prints seemed to walk across or through.
0: The prints not only appeared on the ground, but they went up walls as if the creature was Spider-Man. The prints crossed roofs without the assistance of ladders. They went up and down fences. Some of the footprints' trails stopped abruptly as if the creature making the prints had disappeared. There were prints that stopped at walls, and rather than climb the walls, the prints started up again on the other side of the wall as if the creature just passed through the wall. There were cloven prints on either side of the X River as if the creature walked across the water. Some witnesses claimed they saw a short devil-like figure.
1: The footprints appeared again a few days later with the same results. The weekly dispatch reported after the incident, quote, Panic caused by the appearance of the devil in Devonshire. Considerable sensation has been caused in the towns of Topsham, Limpstone, Exmouth, Tynemouth, and Dawlish in the south of Devon in consequence of the discovery of a vast number of foot tracks of a most strange and mysterious description. The superstitious go so far as to believe that they are the marks of Satan himself and that great excitement has been produced among all classes may be judged of from the fact that the subject has been discanted as though from the pulpit. It appears that on Thursday night last there was a very heavy snowfall in the neighborhood of Exeter and the south of Devon. On the following morning, the inhabitants of the above towns were surprised at discovering the footmarks of some strange mysterious animal, endowed with the power of ubiquity as the footprints were to be seen in all kinds of unaccountable places, on the tops of houses and narrow walls and gardens and courtyards, enclosed by high walls and palings as well as in open fields. There was hardly a garden in limestone where these footprints were not observable. The track appeared more like that of a biped than a quadruped and the steps were generally eight inches in advance of each other. Though impressions of the foot closely resembled that of a donkey's shoe and measured from an inch and a half to, in some instances, two and a half inches across. Here and there it appeared as if cloven, but in the generality of the steps, though shoe was continuous and from the snow in the center remaining entire, merely showing the outer crest of the foot, it must have been concave. The creature seems to have approached the doors of several houses and then to have retreated, but no one has been able to discover the standing or resting point of this mysterious visitor. On Sunday last, the Reverend Mr. Musgrave alluded to the subject in his sermon and suggested the possibility of the footprints being those of a kangaroo, but this could scarcely have been the case as they were found on both sides of the estuary of the X. At present, it remains a mystery, and many superstitious people in the above towns are actually afraid to go outside their doors after night." End quote.
0: I think I might be a little bit leery of going outside if I thought there was something running around out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, this thing obviously can go anywhere it wants to, and kangaroos is a lot different than cloven hoofs. It is kind of strange when you think of the area, but I guess apparently they did have some kangaroos. It wasn't really a zoo, but it was a, a garden area that apparently they kept them in and they had escaped. Yeah, but still a cloven. And they said the, the size that they said they were is very much smaller than
0: kangaroos' feet. Exactly.
1: Plus, I would think if you've got trails of kangaroos within their tail have some kind of effect on something. Mm, this is true. And again, they can't walk on water. They can't go through
0: walls. They can't go through...
1: No, and up on a roof. Yeah,
0: but obviously these people were terrified and with good reason. Had the devil really come to visit or was this some kind of hoax? After all, we have found out in recent times that crop circles in many cases were hoaxes. But circles have been unexplained and it would have seemed footprints are the same thing. It would be really hard for a human to have made these footprints and the ones that climb walls and fences would be impossible. So a hoax seemed to be ruled out. And really, why would someone bother with such an elaborate hoax?
1: And this, of course, is back in 1855, where you don't have television and YouTube and all your social networks where, oh, I can make a sensation. So it just seems like if it was going to be somebody who was hoaxing this, plus a lot of the reports said it was 100 miles in distance. That's a long ways for somebody to walk in a night.
0: Oh, yes, definitely in a night. Although, you know, hoaxes were pretty popular back then. As in like Nessie and... That's true.
1: Other theories were suggested. It was suggested that donkeys could have made the marks and that could be the case with those found on the ground, but on the roofs. And again, they're thinking this was a biped, not a quadruped. So was it a donkey that was walking on his hind legs? It was a donkey that escaped the circus. Something. An experimental balloon had broken free from the Devonport dockyard and some people thought that a couple of shackles dragged below the balloon could have caused the prints. But how did the balloon keep from getting tangled up in something? And why was no balloon ever found in the area? Hopping wood mice have been blamed for the marks. When they hop from spot to spot, their movements and their tail cause a hoof-like mark. Could it all come down to hysteria or false reporting? Perhaps people saw strange prints and imagined something really incredible happened. Although to have mass hysteria cross into some devil-like being crossing roofs and walking up walls seems a bit much. What
0: makes this story even stranger and cross it over to the realm of urban legend is that a couple of occurrences in Devon, England, were not the only reports of this phenomenon. As a matter of fact, there was a story from 1840 in the Times that read, quote, Among the high mountains of that elevated district where Glenarchy, Glen Lion, and Glenoche are contiguous, there have been met with several times. During this and also a former winter upon the snow, the tracks of an animal, seemingly unknown at present in Scotland, the print of the foot in every respect is the exact resemblance of that of a fowl of considerable size, with the small difference, perhaps, that the sole seems a little longer or not so round. But as no one has had the good fortune as yet to have obtained a glimpse of this creature, nothing more can be said of its shape or dimensions." only that it has been remarked from the depth to which the feet sunk in the snow that it must be a beast of considerable size. It has been observed also that its walk is not like that of a generally of quadrupeds, but it's more like a bounding or limping of a hare when not scared or pursued. It is not in one locality, only that its tracks have been met with, but through a range of at least 12 miles, end quote.
1: Yeah, so this was 15 years before the main one that made the big news in Devon. So it's not like this was something that they hadn't experienced in that area before. And even before that, all the way back to 1205, writer Ralph of Coggle's who documented weird aerial phenomenon, reported that strange hoof prints appeared after an intense electrical storm. So this is a few hundred years before he's reporting some weird footprints. The Kui is a mythical monster that is found in Chinese mythology The monster is thought to be a demon that has only one leg with a cloven hoof that looks similar to that of a cow for a foot. Depending on the source, the Kui is portrayed as either a monkey with a human face, a dragon, or a drum. Big difference between a monkey and a drum there. And a dragon and a drum. (laughs) Fierce electrical storms heralded its presence. There were also mythical human beings that were one-legged with a foot big enough to give them shade if they laid on their backs and raised their foot above their body. These creatures were called skiopods. There were claims that skiopods actually existed in India. The Chronicles of Narnia, Denise, even features a skiopod in it.
0: That is just, you know, amazing. You wonder what, what in the heck. Because, again, it could be a hoax, but that's a pretty elaborate hoax.
1: And it didn't really, you know, it occurred one other time a few months later, and then that was it?
0: Yeah, because that's the other thing. It's like, what was that all about? Why, didn't, why haven't we had more occurrences over the next century.
1: Yeah, because that's why we indicated that crop circles had been proven to be hoaxes in many cases, and they had people show you how they were doing it. But it's continued to this day. So these crop circle hoaxes continue to go on, so why didn't this continue to go on? I don't know. Maybe it was too hard to walk 100 miles in a night, so they gave up. No, I'm just kidding. Especially, I mean, I'm assuming they'd have to be in some kind of weird... Because here's the thing, it's not like they could have these little things on the ends of wooden sticks and be making the marks because then there would be human footprints near them. So they'd have to actually have whatever was making these marks on them and be walking on them, which would be pretty hard for a human being to do.
0: Well, especially, you know, they have like all those really cool like pogo type sticks, things that you can, you know, like we've seen at the Disney parades that jump and stuff, but those weren't
1: invented back here. No, I wouldn't think so.
0: Devon experienced the phenomenon again in 2009. Oops, didn't I just say, why didn't they do it again? <laughs> so they did.
1: The footprints were the same shape. But I mean, that's several, a couple hundred years later. Right.
0: So, yes. And you know what? I said over the next century, 2009 went into a whole nother century. That's right. So there, I back myself. <laughs> the footprints were the same shape and followed a similar bizarre path with nothing to account for how the prints were made. So does the legend of the devil's footprints continue on today? Does some weird creature need to be added to the list of cryptological marvels? Is there a simple explanation for this phenomenon? Or has something supernatural taken place whenever these marks are found? That is for you to decide.
1: It's definitely bizarre, Denise. And for those listeners of ours who are into cryptology... And looking at weird creatures like Bigfoot and the Mothman, Dogman, maybe this is something else that needs to be on that list that it's very rare, obviously, because it's not seen very often or it could be aliens. (laughs) That's true, too. We always, you know, discount that this could be some weird alien creature or something. And maybe it was some kind of demonic creature that was walking. I don't know what point it was trying to make by walking across stuff. But yeah, because
0: it didn't say anything happened, or people got no. haunted, or people died, or cattle got But, you know, if you make people
1: get all weird, superstitious, it, you know, sometimes I think when you have demonic activity, it's it feeds off of fear, and that's all it's trying to do is create fear. Oh, and probably confusion, too. Sure, so this might have worked. And as you saw, the... The pastors were like, "No, no, no! Let's not panic. It's not the devil. Uh, yeah, yeah, those kangaroos did it.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. Ayayay. Indeed. I was about to say more, but I'll just say ayayay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Denise, we have a special show coming up next. We're going to be going down under, and we're going to have Freya on with us again. Yay,
0: Freya's coming back. So the, those who may or may not have heard our, la- our last podcast with her, she's a 17-year-old girl from Australia.
1: So we had a great time with her, so we're looking forward to sharing with you the history and hauntings of Monte Cristo Homestead there in Australia. It's in New South Wales. Hope you can tune in for that one. We are so glad that you joined us for this one. We greatly appreciate all of you guys tuning in. And there's so many of you that we'd love to call out all of your names. We obviously can't do that or it would be a whole nother show of its own. But there's just a few people like Bob. Thank you so much for all of the liking you do for everything on the Spooktacular Crew page. And over at History Goes Bump. Because when people like that stuff, it gets it out a little bit more. And we don't have to pay money to try to get it out where people can see it. Mary's always been uh, doing a great job with liking stuff. Sparkle City Phil, you've always been fabulously supportive. Of course, Dan over at Ninth Story Podcast. Jim Moon over at Hypnagoria shares our stuff a lot too. We greatly appreciate you doing that, Jim. And he has a fabulous show. If, if you have not checked out Hypnagoria, Hypnobobs' great show, I highly recommend it. Allison over at the Spectacular Crew also let us know that their uh, the Lumley Castle apparently is on sale for three million, no six million pounds. Denise,
0: awesome! So come on, crew, let's all pitch in and buy it. We'd have our own castle.
1: We could make our own haunted house out of it. Those things are pretty dang lucrative, you know. And we also had Ian and Griffin sharing our stuff. So thank you so much to you guys. And of course, Mark Nixon over at Shadows at the Door has a lot of great stories that have been written over there by horror authors. So I encourage you guys to check that out. And of course, you're one of your surrogate mommies, Denise has a lot of surrogate mommies. Patsy has also been liking a lot of stuff, too. Hi, Patsy. So thank you to all you guys. If I missed anybody, I'm sorry. But we greatly appreciate you guys liking and sharing our stuff. If you want to give us some reviews, you can do that at Stitcher or at iTunes. We appreciate you doing that as well. It helps to get our ranking up there and give us a little bit more visibility. I have been your host, Diane. And this has been Denise. You take care now.
0: Bye-bye. Be sociable. Drop the chain rattling, neck biting and shape shifting and join us on Facebook and Twitter at History Goes Bump. Like the page and follow us.